1: I'm down to dunk And I'm down to dunk I'm down to dunk This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk I'm Shea Goose Alexander and I'm down to dunk This is Lindy Waters and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Mascal, and I'm down to dunk this is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. Will you say, this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort"? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort.
1: <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleich. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, never at noon on a Friday, is Jay Smith. Jay, What's up? What's up? It's, uh, it's a
2: it's a post Thanksgiving for me, pre Thanksgiving for you. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, we were just we were just podcast. talking about how terrible Thanksgiving was. <laughs> oh my gosh, I haven't even celebrated Thanksgiving yet. Just uh, you know, just just my kids being sick and everything being uh as awful as possible the last uh, forty eight hours. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on over here. So we're we're just going to answer as many questions as we can for you guys today. Hope everybody else had a great Thanksgiving. And if you are just having a regular week and not living in the USA, uh, hope your week is good too. Uh, all right, let's go to a question from at seven a underscore mountain. Basically, this is the the thunder artist of the century. Uh, she's amazing. Always does post game art. That uh, you know, she gets she gets some retweets or some some love from the Thunder on uh, on the reg, so big shouts to her. Uh, the question is, do you think Giddy's struggles are caused by the absence of bigs who can roll to the rim this season? If so, how much? She mentions that favors and he had some some comfort in the way that they played. What do you think, Jay? So I honestly like I know that Giddy there were some struggles from Giddy
2: in that Denver game and Mm. a lot of people have just kind of it's a continuation of the season. It hasn't been as noticeable to me. Honestly, I think that the turnovers are probably the most frustrating thing. He only had three in that game against Denver, which is not I mean, not bad at all. But it is one of those things that it felt like, especially in the overtime that you would rather have other guys on the floor, which is where it becomes problematic. Sure. Um, what creates his problems i think there's a lot of layers to that i think that there is some validity to what she said um not having a big that can i mean truthfully this whole team is hindered by the fact that they don't have really a traditional big like when they put mike out there you can tell it's a little bit better uh but jre as much as i love jre um he's most definitely a power forward and yeah and the
1: a small ball spacing center like not yeah and, and part of it is there there's just really nobody on this team that sets a good screen <laughs> you know it's just
2: well and it's almost I've noticed this early on though Andrew is it feels like one of the things that they also don't real they don't try they do a lot more screen and slip than they do yeah. you know kind of an intentional get some space for somebody you'll see it occasionally I, I'm trying to figure out like going back a little bit to the Denver game, like you can tell that even with some of the rotations that Mark, Mark really is playing a longer game than, uh, than, than fans are. And I was frustrated during that Denver game because I was looking at some of the rotations and there was, I think it was in the second quarter and Denver kind of opened the door to have an opportunity for the Thunder to catch up a little bit. And, you know, once you set Jokic, basically they're, Their second unit was a bunch of guys that I'd never heard of. Um, And so, but I was watching that and that's when Omiyori played. That's when you just had some strange lineups on the floor. And then you look over on the bench and you're like, Kenrich and Wiggins would have been critical to a real attempt to try to make that game something in that second quarter. And they got Mm -hmm. DMPs, you know, and I don't know if there's something else going on, but it looked like they were fine. Uh, just on the sidelines. I know Mike's hurt, but
1: yeah, no, the they're other fine. Guys, it's just, no, they could have. They, they could have play. played. Yeah, I think. So I it's, mean, it's it's about just wanting to get looks at everybody, honestly.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is it's hard because what Taylor had mentioned when I was just using our text thread as my uh, the old Daily Thunder comment section is mm-hmm. when I was uh, <laughs> complaining about the game. He's like, Jay, this is you have to remember, like this is the first time that we've had legit expectations or desires for this team to win like yep. we're still because of what's happened so far this season is our expectations are so different but that is clearly not the same expectations that mark has and and we could probably assume not the same as sam uh anyway all that to say that like we do we have put a tremendous amount of expectations on giddy and i think that's probably pretty unfair Mm -hmm. uh there's a lot of reasons why it's not working i think some of it is mental i think he gets frustrated in himself i think he's trying to do too much uh and then trying to fit into an offense where it's a little bit clunky for him Mm -hmm. that's why you know i'd like to get a little more consistent data on um Lineups situations like they're not really staggering Giddy and Shea like you kind of wanted them to. They did earlier in
1: the season. They're trying to get them to play together more.
2: That's more important than them staggering at this point, right? Yeah,
1: it felt like they were trying more so to win those minutes when they staggered them. And I think there's, I think there's intent behind all of it. You know, I don't think this is just Mark just pulling whatever lever he thinks is going to work for them. Like this is. They have like a set plan, like hey, like, and they'll have conversations with these guys. They've done this with Jeremiah, they've done it with Wiggins, they've done it with Kenrich, they've done it with Mike, they've done it with a lot of these guys. Is they'll tell them before the game, hey, I need to get a look at somebody, you know, these three guys, and so in order to do that, you've got to sit tonight, and like they're upfront with them. It's not just like a mystery, like oh, let's see if I can play this guy tonight. No, I mean they they know what they're doing, and. Like honestly, like the results that happened this year, I don't, I don't think they really matter, (laughs) to, to anybody, like within the team or anybody. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I just don't get the impression that it's something that they're super worried about. And you look at just like the two man groups for the Thunder, and there's just a lot that just aren't really working, and. I'm just intrigued to see how these develop. Like Shay and Lou are a positive; they're a plus one point eight on the season, which is pretty good. Um, Shay and Giddy are a minus nine point eight so far this season. Giddy and Dort are a minus ten. Shay and Poku are a minus one. I mean, there's just a lot of these two mans that just aren't working. <laughs> one that does work, and maybe maybe this is a maybe this is a stealth tank here. Uh, Shea and Wiggins are a plus 12, uh, which is pretty interesting. How? What's Shea and Isaiah Joe? It's got to be through the roof. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it. It's not very many minutes is the problem. Um, but it's got to be through the roof because the, the two games where Isaiah Joe has come in and just like flipped the script. I mean, he was, what was he the other night? Plus 17? Yeah, he was, he was 7 of 10 from the three-point line. <laughs> he was so good. I, what do you, Isaiah, What Isaiah. do we do with that? What do we do with Isaiah Joe? Like, what's the... I just, I don't know. What I, do we do with him? I mean, it's hard for me not to look
2: at Isaiah Joe, especially against the Nuggets, and be like, he's the shooter that we want Trey Mann to be.
1: Yeah. Gildress Alexander and Joe are a plus 28 and a half. And yeah, 50, it's only pretty. 50 minutes. So, yeah.
2: Yeah. And he just does exactly what you want, where he's a spacer. And you could see the defense against the Nuggets. You could see the defense intentionally switching the way they defended it when he was on the floor, which is going to ultimately give them so many more options. If they can get, they need a shooter. They need a shooter, Mm -hmm. like a pure guy that can be on the floor for a long time. And right now, Isaiah Joe is just about the only guy you trust out there outside of Shea, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that would get consistent looks you know as a as a perimeter player i know jerry's still probably shooting over 40 percent and on Yuri's probably dropped back down on earth a little bit but but isaiah joe is he was special in that night man he is one of those guys that when he shoots you kind of trust that it might be going in uh that's why i love and i've mentioned this in the text there's two guys that in the draft thinking about where the thunder could be for mm-hmm. 2023 and just recognizing they're not i wouldn't assume that they're going to have top three odds Things could change, but yeah. I would not assume that they're going to have that fourteen and a half percent or thirteen and a half percent to get top odds. But, yeah. uh, but then you start getting to the Cam Whitmore, which Vassini's top one hundred came out today. He's number four on his top one hundred. Yeah, uh, awesome. But Grady Dick out of Kansas is the guy that I'm like. He, he like.
1: Where is he on Sam's theory, list? I haven't looked at Sam's. List oh, I didn't
2: yet. even see what his number was on that. But but if we'll you look it. at, I'll look that up while we're talking. But but if you look at a skill set, uh, competitor, tall. Looks like he's got a good NBA wing body. On top of that, to mention the fact that like one of the things that it seems like he's going to be elite at is shooting. Yeah. He could just be kind of that piece that I don't know, man. It just would be a huge deal
1: for 15th. this team.
2: Yeah, fifteenth. Yeah. So. I yeah, I like, him. I like I like him and-
1: too. I think they they need somebody like him. I think that's. I also like Anthony Black out of Arkansas. is really interesting. Yeah. He like screams yeah. Thunder player to me just because he just knows what's going on on the court. Um, There's some interesting players in this draft outside of the top two. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a fun draft. Now, I think this will be... not. I'm not trying to hijack this for draft conversation. We have plenty of time to do that. Oh, yeah. I do think that there's some intrigue to... For the Thunder timeline, plus their assets, plus the the depth of talent in this group, to see them utilize some of these future assets to get maybe two guys in the top fifteen in this draft, it makes a ton of sense to me. But
1: that'd be great. i yeah. very, I'd be very into that. Yeah, this with regards to shooting, I mean they've got five guys. So you can say, let's say six guys shooting above thirty eight percent from three so far this season. Shea at thirty eight percent, he's nineteen of fifty. Aaron Wiggins who's 10 of 25. Uh, Poku, my sturdy boy Poku, 42.3% from three on 22 of 52. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, just a little bit ahead of Poku at 22 of 51, 43%. Eugene dropped to 46%, 6 of 13, and then Isaiah Joe, 15 of 29, 51.7% from three. Um, Pretty wild.
2: It's... I'm sorry. like I, I still don't think I realize that Poku is shooting 42.3% from the three-point line.
1: He He's doing that. He's 50% from the field. 60 of 120 this season. The only place where he just cannot buy a bucket is the free-throw line. He's 8 of 15 from the free-throw line. But he just doesn't well, shoot free throws <laughs> either. So. It was actually
2: a pretty, pretty pivotal moment in that game is yeah. when he went on yeah. the – free to line missed the first one but I think it was Jokic or Gordon stepped into the lane which they never call that yeah yeah like never call that and then they got a second one and it, it hit almost identical way of missing uh but then he made the second one but I yep. don't know that was a fun game I it was a fun game the Thunder I thought had every chance to win the game obviously but just didn't happen
1: mm-hmm Uh, next question at twice Gotti. what are you most thankful for with this team
2: Uh, that it's it's enjoyable and fun to watch this year Mm -hmm. like I'm enjoying every single game it's must see TV for me
1: yeah yeah without a doubt Uh, it's gotta be Poku Poku's like at the top of the list for me he's just so much fun to watch this season 10 points 5 boards 1.7 assists almost two blocks per game, and then just, like, actually making shots. I mean, we said that last year. I mean, I, you know, I've said, probably said the phrase several times. Like you, At some point, you have to make shots, <laughs> you know? Like, the the pushing the pace and being a connector or whatever is just not enough if you can't make shots, and he's, you know. He heard you. He's on fire out the gate. I don't know that it continues at this clip where he's 50-40, well, he's 50-40-50 right now, but. Even if he stayed at that, I mean that would be outrageous. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it
2: has to be one of the first times in the history that somebody that shot over forty percent from the three pr- three point line shot fifty percent from the free throw line.
1: <laughs> I think it's. I think uh, Bruce Bowen did that back yeah, in the day. That makes sense. Um, similar players, you know. They're very yeah very similar. Well, I'm still just my mind is still blown that when I asked Mark about him in the preseason that Mark mentioned Draymond Green whenever he mentioned Poku. You know, it's just like what? Like, excuse me, what does that mean? Um, but yeah, uh, super thankful for Poku, and obviously, like Shea's season has been like I, I don't even, I don't even know what to say anymore. I mean, he's thirty one, five and six, one point eight steals, one point four blocks, shooting fifty one percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three, 917 percent from the line, and fourteen for fourteen in this last game. And this was like this was the I'm a superstar game because he did not shoot it well from the field. He's 5 no, he's 8 of 20. But 14 of 14 from the free throw line to get to his 30 points. Like that was like the Kevin Durant special back in the day. Where it was yep. like how wait, how did Kevin get 30 again? You know, I mean that that's Shea right now. It's just how does he how does he do that? I mean he's been he's been outrageous this season and you know, whatever you think about Giddy and whatever else, I don't know. Like this is, this is still more than what we could have asked for <laughs> from Shay, honestly, and from this team. That it 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 almost takes the expectations of everybody else up a little bit because, like, oh, we're getting this great stuff from Poku, we're getting this great stuff from Shay. Well, where well, where is it from this guy? Or where's you know where's Trey Man? Where is this? Where's that? And it's like, well, like you can only get. So much. Like if everybody improved, then this team would just be like a, a title contender. But when you look at Shea's game logs, I mean, it's 31 points, 30 points. He had the, the one down game in Memphis where he had 15, but then it was 42, 37, 37, 20, 39, 33, 18, 37, 34, 38, 24, 33, 28, 32. It's like, holy smokes. Like This guy just gets buckets every single night and there's just is nothing it, anybody can do is it at all concerning
2: so after that washington game where he went absolutely bananas 14 to 22 right like incredible
1: mm-hmm.
2: incredible game-winning shot all those different things he is in a bit of a slump shot 33 percent against memphis 40 41 against mm-hmm. new york uh and then and then 40 percent against denver like is there anything of that that's concerning, or you think it's just a natural ebb and flow of a,
1: yeah, I think of a he's, season? Yeah, I think he's cooled off a little bit from what he was, and he'll bounce back, and he'll have another week where he shoots poorly. I mean, that's just, that's just how guys perform. But if you're still finding ways whenever you're in a quote-unquote slump to get 30, yeah, like the past two games he's gotten 30 and 31 when he's not shooting well.
2: Yeah, and both of those is because I mean he was twelve of thirteen against the Knicks, and then fourteen of fourteen against the Nuggets, and so yeah. that's the way to do it.
1: If you would have gotten a call in Memphis for whatever reason, they just weren't blowing the whistle in Memphis. You know, he had the one free throw that was a tech free throw, and like that was it, which is crazy. And Mark talked about it after the Nuggets game. They he was asked about it. his own tech that he got. It was off of a a, a foul that he believes should have been called oh. on Poku, but then. Yes. He went in to talk about how they lead the league in drives and how, you know, most calls that are, most fouls are in the paint and they live in the paint. And, but they don't get the same respect, basically. And so a lot of that was with Shea. I mean, he is, I'm in earshot of him during most home games and he is constantly screaming at the officials, calling them by their first name, which I think is just so funny. Just screaming at them by their first name calling them over and saying, Gilgis Alexander this, Gilgis Alexander that. That's, so it's just, uh, he's fighting for him. And I mentioned this the other day, that Shay doesn't really fight for himself all that often or doesn't really very dramatically fight for himself as far as free throws go. In fact, like he goes out of his way after games to just talk about how the officials are human beings, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which can be refreshing, but it's also just like, he might as well just say, hey, uh, I love money. And I don't wanna lose money. Yeah, I don't wanna pay the league thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, he's been absolutely unbelievable. But yeah, lots to be thankful for at this team. Yeah. Uh let's see. At four oh five fan, who has been better this year between Giddy, Dort, Poku, and J Dub? Let's rank those four as far oh, as how No, good, I don't wanna do that. How good they've been this year.
2: I think of those four I'd put Who'd they say? So, J-Dub, po, uh, Poku, Dort, Giddy? Mm-hmm. I'd say Giddy fourth.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair.
2: Oh, this is total bias Homerism. I would say Dort third.
1: Okay. Poku second and J-Dub first? I kind of think Poku's been so good on both ends. Yeah, it's it's just
2: hard to detach like the homerism inside of me, where I'm like, I wouldn't. I think if you're grading on a scale of versus expectation, that's probably more so why Poku's is number one on yeah. that.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I get he's that. been
2: awesome, and I, I, I mean, it's partially joking, but I think there is some reality to the fact that I you can see a distinct difference in this team when he's on the floor. As far as when they play and when he's not, like those few games that he's missed with the ankle injury, like he he makes an impact on this team, which is
1: mm-hmm.
2: probably a, a sign of why they're not quite ready to make a run the way people think they are. But at the same time, as it's an yeah. encouraging reality of of what his potential could be.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right. Dort has Dort is just the loudest mistake maker of this group. Mm-hmm. That makes it tough to. You know, really give him props. <laughs> for the stuff yeah, that it's he probably does. unfair. Um, he shot the ball pretty well. I'm trying to pull up the stat NBA.com slash stats is being slow for me, but he shot the ball well from three recently, and especially in that Nuggets game, I thought that he played really well. I thought defensively he was spot on. I thought that he took the right kinds of shots. Yeah, too. he was great in that game. I thought I thought he played really well. Yeah, he is man, these numbers are crazy. So the last five games from three, he's forty five point eight percent on almost five attempts. So he is he's played really well. That's a
2: Dort? Yeah.
1: That's it's, awesome. It's the last five games. Let me see if, if I can not have the worst podcast ever with NBA.com just not going fast enough, and it's probably my computer. But he—it's fit, it's fitting for the week. Week, man, it is. It's spot on for the way that m- my life has been this week. Um, yeah, he. I mean, he's definitely. It's a. It's like turnaround around th- the Titanic with him, though. The last ten games, he is forty percent from three on five attempts per game. I mean, it's what's he's thirty percent now on the season, but it's like turning around the Titanic with how bad his percentages were to start the season. He was bricking so many threes and taking so many threes that yeah, he's gone a 10 game stretch shooting 40% on five attempts per game, but it still is like barely made the dent that you want it to. Yeah. Um, Because it was just so bad, but I think Dort's been better lately. I think that he's played really well. He's taken more corner threes. He's playing really good defense. Yeah. I mean, I would.
2: Once again, that's why I'm saying it's it's expectations and probably personal preference. Honestly, like I I have, I mean, I really do love J. Dubs' game. It's 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 just I like what he brings. He was probably his best game, and I'm not. This is just I'll tell me. Had probably his best game of the season against the Nuggets. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously got the minutes as part of that. He was the fifth most minutes. No fourth most minutes, yeah, of the entire team, and and pay, it paid off, right? He's two yep. or three from the three point line, which that's a big deal. He doesn't, he does not generate a ton of confidence in me when he shoots the three right now. Yeah, it's uh, pretty flat. But the only way you're going to get there is by figuring it out and continue to do so. But six to mm-hmm. six from the free throw line, uh, four or nine overall. Like I don't know, I th- I just thought it was a good game. He also fouled out, uh but which I didn't even realize that, but probably a reason why Getty
1: played so much in overtime Mm -hmm. I mean he he's been really fun I think 405 fan asks this because it's a really hard question because I think that there's for judging Dort from the last 10 games he's probably been the best guy of that group Um, yeah you have to you have to give the whole season so I think that Dort's kind of in the middle of that group Poku, to me, is at the top. And Giddy, I mean, you look at Giddy's, like, overall stats, and it's like, I don't know. Like, he's been okay. Like, he has not been as, as bad as what people, you know, make it out to be. You know, 15 points per game, seven boards, almost six assists per game. You know, the only thing that's rough is that he's just not shooting well from three, but he's 52% from two. You know, I mean, that's that's good enough. <laughs> you know that's good enough for for giddy and he's just got the three ball just we need to see it fall a little bit more and he's got to shoot a little bit better around the rim as well but i don't know man i feel like he's he's been pretty good and corner threes this season giddy's 66% it hadn't been on a high volume but if you can get him corner threes i mean that's that's a shot that he has proven that he can make So I think that we're we're hard on on Josh, mostly because he's of all those guys, he's the highest drafted guy. He's the one that is thought of as a part of the core more than any of those four. But he's gonna be under the microscope just a lot more than everybody else too. So but I like that group of players. It's it's great that there's positives to take away from all four of those guys, you know, where like one of them's a rookie, one in Poku was just a mystery box of a player. And then I think Gideon Dort were kind of where they were last year as well. But to add those two to this group is like that's pretty good. Um Jack T says start bench cut. Here's our first group of start bench cut. Poku J Dub Trey
2: Okay, say so the start bench cut, Poku Trey and Poku Jdub
1: Trey Man. Also, can you close your eyes and tell me how many minutes Trey Mann played against the Nuggets?
2: Oh, I kind of maybe looked at this. I think it's like twelve or something. Eighteen. Yeah, eighteen minutes.
1: It was. Uh, I mean, he just—he has
2: not been the same since coming back from that injury. To be fair, uh, exactly.
1: He had—he just didn't do anything in that yep.
2: game. Yeah. But um, okay, all right, so... Cut. well. That makes me think that I'm cutting Trey Man. Yeah. Are you?
1: Who I'm are you gonna? Are you, who are you going to start? I mean, we
2: can't follow up the conversation we
1: just had and
2: not say that I'm starting Alexi Pokashevsky.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, you got to. You got to. And then you're going to bench J-Dub. I think that's probably correct. Uh, next one. Start, bench, cut. Usman Jang, Wiggins, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl.
2: Oh, you're gonna hate me for this. Uh, I'm cutting Jing. Oh, Probably not, no. not really who we should cut, but just no. on a personal level.
1: Us, has got poor Us. He's been sick this week too. Now he's getting all Man. this, uh, all this stuff from Jay. Poor Usman.
2: It makes genuinely no sense. Like he is the highest upside of those three without question. I'm just like I the youngest can't of the three. Get,
1: I mean, like I, I think he's I four years younger of than these guys. Or JRE. <laughs>
2: Those are my dudes, man.
1: They're they're awesome. And I think Wiggins is a – I think he would play on a lot of teams. I think he's just a good basketball player. And I think a really good pick, you know, in the late second round for the Thunder. Uh, he's just a good player. Jeremiah is – I would probably start – Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait,
2: wait, wait. Are we cutting Jay will like J-
1: Jalen Williams? Huh? No, no, no. Usman, are... oh, okay. Usman Jing, Wiggins – Jeremiah. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. All right. I was like, when you when you said second round, I forgot that Wiggins was second round. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah.
1: Um, I'm probably I'm starting uh, Aaron Wiggins because every every game that he starts, the Thunder win. So I'll I'll start Wiggins, I'll bench Ouse, and I'll cut Jeremiah. I just I there there's a lot there with Jang. It is a volatile situation. <laughs> I think that things could be great. I think he could be out of the league. You know, I don't know. I have no idea what to think about him, but it's just not time to make any judgments on him either. And I'm not saying that you're doing that specifically. I just think sure. that you like. No, I am. Other it's <laughs>
2: unfair. I, I own it. Like I 100% am, but so, actually I didn't a, love him going
1: into the draft. Right. He, I was not a big Usman fan either at the draft. However, I do. I've, I start to understand why they did what they did with him. Um, so let me pull up this quote. Mark had this quote about Jang a few days ago that I thought was really interesting. Um, let's see. Gosh, I'm struggling today. Like I'm just, just straight up struggling with... It's just been about, a week, man. Just about everything today. But he just talked about how there's a, a long runway. Here it is. He said, Uss is so young, it's easy to get lost in the season. We're trying to develop the team, and the window we're looking at is super long-term. We're trying to take the long view with him and the team. He's a player who needs patience and needs to be worked with. So there's like, I mean, that's Mark just identifying right away that, hey, this guy is going to take time, and he needs a lot of work. And... The, the Thunder are developing a track record where they can you can feel a little bit more trusting of that with a guy like Poku who at times looked hopeless, you know. Yes, and yeah, Jing hasn't looked that chaotic. No, he he just disappears. Is the thing with with Jing? He doesn't play with force. He doesn't. I mean, I, I watched him in person play the ignite and. I th- if i would have said hey guess the guy on the blue that was a lottery yeah. pick in the last draft i think it would have you would have guessed f- seven guys before you got to him and just you would have been like the tall guy that moves pretty good like that guy it's like yeah yeah that's the guy i think you would have you would have had to go to a lot of a lot of different guys cycle through them to figure out who it was just cuz he can fade into the background but i think that's a i mean that's a really good quote from mark not only on jang but for this whole team. team.
2: It makes sense to the rotations. Yes. Being that that's his his way of moving forward.
1: Yes. So I just think that's something to keep in mind, is that the, it's, the team is starting to come into focus. And that, I think, pushes the fan base closer to expectations. Yep. But I... 100% nailed it. That doesn't push the team to it, though. I think it's something... That I think Mark is trying to get that across is that we're this is we're taking a long view. Shea's been awesome. We believe in Giddy, Dort, we know Chet's coming back next year. Poku's taking a step up. We believe in J Dub. But still, this is going to be a long process. And so for those of you that are like, what can they do with the trade deadline? What are we going to do? You know, if somebody comes available this summer, if this I mean, you can go ahead and just Nix all of that, any of those kind of thoughts. Like, you can just remove those thoughts just completely because they want this to have a long runway, and nothing has changed too. Like, I, I think the way that we have enjoyed the Thunder this year, that's the only thing has changed. Nothing the team does has changed, nothing that they're going to do has changed. I think it just is. I think the Thunder are. What they are and they're going to continue to do it whether they win a ton of games or they don't they're still going to say yeah that's great this is a long runway oh we lost 10 in a row yep long runway oh we won 10 in a row that's cool still going to be a long runway and i think that's just the way that it's going to be and so i just thought that was kind of a little bit of insight into the way that um that that mark and the team are thinking about this
0: uh let's see Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This
1: is from at James, ingle 29 uh, What Predict your season high for J-Dub. Is it wild to think he could score 30? No. Especially if we're in... April. Would and, you go? And he would you go over under plays, thirty? I'd probably go under, but he could he could have a night where the the only thing to me is just is he going to take enough shots? And he would to me he it would have to be a night where maybe Shea is is out and maybe even Giddy's out and he's like the primary ball handler for the night, and then yeah he could do that, but he may not have that opportunity. To me, it's does. Is he going to have that kind of opportunity at some point this season? I would lean toward, yes, he is going to, but to me, it's shot attempts. I mean, he's had double digit shot attempts in four games this yeah. whole season in 14 games. Only four times has he taken double digit shots. It's yeah, just, even
2: in that game where he played 30 minutes, he only shot nine times.
1: Yeah, you just can't get to 30 <laughs> that way. Yeah, no. Yeah, against Denver, he took nine shots and had 16 points. I mean, that to me, it's, I mean, he's playing pretty efficient basketball. I think he's taking the right kinds of shots and, you know, he's shooting 50% you, from the field.
2: Ha, have you noticed? Cause I tried to kind of articulate this maybe last Friday. Is that Jay Will, I know he still has some decent percentages finishing at the basket, but mm-hmm. it definitely, there are moments where he tries to play it off the backboard and it just, he does not have that finesse shot down yet. Mm-hmm. I think he finishes well, obviously, when he's attacking the rim and he can dunk it. Uh, but man, when he tries to do something else, it gets I don't know. It gets kind of sketchy. That's my only that's one of my only things. I think his three point shot makes me nervous and then he does this little backboard. It's almost like a trying to lay it up kind of thing, but it just hits so hard off the backboard.
1: Yeah, he's got he definitely needs to improve that. I think maybe you're. I think his first shot of the game was like that, if I'm remembering yeah. right. And I think to me, he's trying to get a a foul call, too. Is that yeah. he knows like he if he can get his body into somebody in the lane, I think that he wants to, you know, get there and um, get a foul call. And he's been pretty good at that. I mean, he's getting to the free throw line quite a bit. Yeah, you know, he's I think he was like fifth or sixth on San Vicini's I don't know, it's like rookie rankings, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh which is cool to see. And he's played like that. There's been some really good standout rookies and I think he's just kind of on the tier below those guys, just because he's not I mean, he's not like Paolo or Ben Matherin or anything like that, but he's playing a role on a on a team that's decent in Oklahoma City and I think he's shown quite a bit. You know, there's a lot to be excited about with a guy like him. Or I, th- I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot of people would say, "Oh man, he's maybe low upside." I just don't. I don't agree with that. I think he's got too much skill to be a low, absolutely like a low ceiling guy. I think it's unfair to him to say that. Oh, uh, let's see. Dorthpoi says, "What could OKC's version of the king's beam be?" We need that Beam Team vibes. It's the Beam is uh it's one of my favorite things of the season. It's hilarious. It, I mean, it's taking over.
2: I mean, the Kings in general are kind of taking over a lot of the conversation, but that Beam in specific.
1: Yeah. It's it's amazing. I don't I don't <laughs> know. The Thunder just aren't going to do anything cool. So Fair. That's what I'll say. I think they'll just uh drop some confetti and, and play the the song celebrate good times come on.
2: Or maybe if they want to mix it up and go to the black eyed peas uh I've got I got a feeling. I got a feeling is another night. one.
1: Or taking care of business if you want to play that one. Ooh. You know, you know, maybe you get crazy. I don't know. Uh, who does that fall on? Is that Sam that makes those decisions? <laughs> I don't think so. That would be really funny if it was. Like <laughs> Sam is like, all right, it's a taking care of business kind of night. Let's do this. No,
2: I didn't mean like the specific specific song. I meant more like, hey, this is what we're going to do for in game entertainment. Is we're going to be as vanilla as possible.
1: Oh yeah, probably. I'm sure he. I mean, he definitely has it's uh, just a
2: culture organizational kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe you could turn the paycom green lights to blue lights. It's blue light night. You know, Ooh. that might be as cool as it would get, but I don't even think yeah. they're going to do that. Obviously, Paycom paid money for those lights to be green, so I don't know. I just I'm I Dortpoy. I'm sorry. I just don't. I just don't have faith in the Thunder doing anything cool. Um, they're just going to stay solid and you know not. You know, not take any chances. I think that's what they... Honestly, that's what I think they do, is that they don't really take any chances on something being one way or the other. It's just like straight down the middle. We're just throwing fastballs only. Um, Okay. Let's see. At underscore Tyler OKC, we have a lot of one-dimensional players. By this, I mean we have players who defend well but can't shoot consistently or shooters that can't really defend. What do you think is a smarter way of going about the next drafts, drafting shooters and developing their defensive instincts or draft high upside defensive pieces and hope chip works his magic. Essentially what should be prioritized easier to develop shooting or defense?
2: That's a great question. Um, I don't really I think all of us are a li- are a little bit burned by waiting for Robertson to develop a shot. Yeah, you know, I know Tabo had one good season. I think maybe two good seasons, but yeah, for the most part, there's always been kind of that open open wing spot where somebody wasn't efficient at shooting, mm-hmm. and so I think getting a shooter. And this is where I, I think that there's natural defensive instincts that people can learn, or people just come with. But I do think that a a good effort on that end can really cover up a lot of the mistakes. So if you've got a guy that can shoot well, but is willing to put in the work to improve, maybe he doesn't have the best like Giddy. I think Giddy has the potential to be a decent defensive player. And you see it from time to time. I think Mm -hmm. often he's playing out of position defensively, like trying to guard wings is just not his thing because he doesn't have the foot speed. But I do think you have the will for Giddy, And and yeah. I think that, that the truth about defense is if you have that, you can really make up for a lot of the, the natural, instinctive uh, shortfalls of mm-hmm. somebody on defense.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I would kind of disagree with the assessment that – I think that's true of the guys at the end of the roster. When we're talking about like Baisley and Isaiah Joe and Eugene and – You know, Lindy Waters, like I think that's true of those guys. But like Wiggins and Trey Mann and Poku and J Dub and Giddy and Dort and Shea are not one dimensional players. Like these are multi dimensional players and decision makers. And I think that the one thing that we have to, the one box that needs checked, if we're checking draft boxes, is can they make a decision? Because I think if they're going to be a part of the next iteration of the Thunder, you can't just be a shooter. You can't just be a defender. You have to be able to do multiple things, including make decisions with the basketball in order to be a part of this next team. And that's what, like, Jeremiah Robinson Earl can do that. You know, Kendrick Williams can do that. Aaron Wiggins can do that. Trey Mann, Poku. Like, I went through the list before. Like, this is this is to me, like, what the next version of the Thunder look like. And so sometimes you're going to get a better defender out of that kind of player, and sometimes you're going to get a better shooter out of that kind of player. I think they the hope is, and the reason they brought in Chip is they want to turn these multi-dimensional playmaking play you know guys that are big and small and whatever into shooters too. And so I think they're they're kind of tipping their hand a little bit and saying like, hey, obviously we do we believe in the defensive development that Mark and his team produce and Dave Bliss is like a huge part of that too but we're bringing in the best shooting coach that ever that anybody's even aware of and we're I'm, I don't know what they're paying him it's got to be a lot of money and they're saying what's well, in best and let's see where we go and right now like we mentioned at the top of the show you have six players shooting 40 percent or 38 percent or better from three and that's not a, a common phrase, and you can take Eugene out of that, because it's too small of a sample, but still, having five guys doing that is like yeah, that's pretty good, and then you have the guys that toward the bottom, like, I know Trey going to be a better shooter than what he is, um, it's really just on Giddy and J-Dub and Dort, like, can we get one of those guys to be decent? That, to me, is kind of where they're at right now, as far as, like, drafting and whatnot but yeah. yeah uh let's see this is from at sam underscore mark underscore kelly predict will you be higher on J Dub than any active okc player except shay by new year's the all-star break end of the season none of the above or i already am Thinking uh, none he, of, re- of the above he's removing he's definitely chet. removing chet from it so but yeah okay Who are i'm you? still
2: none of the above okay i still like the the potential of poku mm-hmm. like just because of his body i mm-hmm. think it's the big difference mm-hmm. jalen williams J Dub has length as far as his wingspan is is giant mm-hmm. but he's not a he's not the size of somebody that makes you go oh man this is guy could, could be a unicorn kind of thing um I think that I still probably mean, I, I'm high on, I still am high on, I'm not giving up on Giddy, man. And I know there's yeah. some people in the Thunder fan base that are ready to do that, but I still pretty high on Giddy, mm-hmm. mainly because I also watched like last season and you see these glimpses of it where he's still performing at like the Knicks game in Madison Square Garden where he's unbelievable and he even hits that you know, spinning floater off the backboard in the, the overtime. Like there are moments where you see this potential of Giddy. I think Giddy is having the most trouble figuring out what his role is on a very Shea dominant team. Yep. And I think that we massively underestimate that and we massively underestimate the mental aspect of that to where you're, when you're thinking too hard, especially for a guy like Giddy, when you're thinking so hard about what's right and wrong to do is you're not going to be as instinctive as he naturally is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's creating problems for him. And so he's trying. Like a lot of his turnovers are trying to force things that just aren't there. And yeah. And when he's not thinking about it, he can back it out, move the ball around. But when he's trying to make himself assertive into this offense, I think it creates these problems. That's why I'm still really high on Giddy as well.
1: Yeah. I I agree, I think Giddy. I don't think he'll surpass Giddy this season. Is it impossible that he does in the future? No, it's not impossible. But I still think Giddy has a, a higher ceiling just because he's bigger, and I think that the way that he processes and thinks the game, and the way that he works, I just I believe in his future as well. Uh, let's see at K K that's definitely not right. Uh, with KD recently complimenting the Thunder again, is it time that we finally bury the hatchet and forgive him? Bonus Twitter question: If he wanted to play on the team when he when his current deal expires with Shea Giddy Chet and whomever we draft this year, do we retire his number? I think they're going to retire his number, anyways. Yeah, and they should. Yeah,
2: I'm. I'm. Honestly, I'm over the KD stuff. Like yeah. it sucks, but it's long enough now where I'm like, yeah, hey, whatever. I would welcome him back to the team, even if he wanted to come play. Yeah, we're uh, like three
1: or four iterations of the team removed, you know? Yeah from from that pain. And you know, things have gone poorly enough with him wanting with him leaving Gold <laughs> State and him just <laughs> I know the, it's the like the, Nets, fail- the failure that situation. Happened. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it it makes it. <laughs> If he was winning if he won like five titles in a row, I think that I'd still have like this you know, this venom for him probably because it's just like, man, that should have been here, man. That should have been here. Yeah, the
2: whole Nets situation is like his penance.
1: Yeah, like what's happening right now, I would I do not say that should have been here. I'm like I'm saying like I'm glad this is elsewhere. I'm glad that, <laughs> that this goes to the Nets fans and that's not here right now uh so yeah i think he i mean he is forgiven you are i mean not that he has been waiting for any of us to forgive him he doesn't care but yeah i think it's time to forgive kevin and if he wants to come back as a free agent super cool that would be so much fun i think that would be amazing i think it'd be amazing for his career to if he decided like i just want to end it in Oklahoma City. You know, I've done all I can do for Brooklyn or for whatever the team that he gets traded to, and he's like, look at this Thunder team. They're on the up and up. They really just kind of need one more piece. I'll be that one more piece. Is that uh, a a pipe dream that will never happen? Yep, it is. Yep, never going to happen. He's not going to do that, but would it be cool? Yes, very cool. I would be very, very much up on that happening.
2: The last time you said that, man, was when you told me that Carmelo Anthony was never going to be a part of the Thunder. This is is part of me making it happen. This is a reverse jinx, and I like this. So just, yeah, yeah, it's never going to
1: happen. Never. Yeah, never. Never, ever. Not going to happen. Okay, let's see. Rank, this is from at KJ3MD. Rank in terms of probability of becoming an all-star. Giddy, Jang, j Dub. The twenty-three pick, Poku and Trey man. Becoming an all-star. Pick. Yeah. Twenty-three pick number one. Uh Giddy number two. Trey Man three? I'd put J Dub over him. Yeah.
2: All I'm thinking about Trey Man. So somebody's gonna be left out at some point. I could see Trey Man being the guy that like some point the Thunder trade him to find something else and
1: Trade man.
2: He, he ends up becoming the Victor Oladipo in Indiana, Indiana kind of guy.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I like I think that all the shots and I think there's it a out. there is a reality that at some point picks and one of these guys is going to be packaged for something or someone. Yep, you know that's I think that is definitely a reality, but I I think it's giddy. Or I think it's twenty three pick giddy J Dub. I don't know if Poku can be like an all-star, especially with the way that he's like settled into this kind of player. Like, I just think to me, if Poku can continue to hone these skills as like your fourth starter, like man, is that valuable to this team? Because right now they need they need what he gives them, and it's yeah. when he's not there, you notice. And if he start, I, I mean. There is a there's definitely a world where he's the one that starts next to Chet, especially if he can shoot. Yeah. And no question, then they both can protect the rim. I mean, th- it's a this is this is a this is a pipe dream that is possible and it's starting to get me like overly excited about the future of the Thunder just because I just really like Poku. <laughs> you know? Uh but I don't know that he can be an all-star, all-star. But no. I think that giddy 23 pick Giddy and J Dub are the ones that actually have a chance to do it. Just because I I, like I mentioned before, like I believe in Giddy and J Dub's ceilings.
2: The hard part is you have to remember like the teams that get more than one all star are elite. The teams that get more than two are like all time great teams. Right. So I think about the the Warriors. The Warriors. Warriors have gotten Yes. Three and then that random Hawks team that basically set the world on fire. Yeah, they had like
1: sixty wins. I think the the Pistons were another team that had a bunch of all stars. Yeah. That was just because the East was wild. Yeah, and Ben then team-
2: Wallace and Chauncey Billups and Rip Hamilton and mm-hmm. Rasheed Wallace.
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah, that was a good team. And but yeah, getting a a third all star is so tough. It's so, so tough to actually make that happen.
2: You have to be out of this world good. Yeah. Speaking like of... Like, even these Suns teams, right? Like, these Suns teams, mm-hmm. you get Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and, I mean, Ayton, but the chance of all three of them making it is... Or Miles Bridges, I guess. Mc, no, nope, McHale Bridges. Not Miles. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Jay's Turned already beating
1: the drum for the Miles Bridges for the All-Star No, game. I'm not. 100% not. <laughs> uh. Kobe Zeller says, seven deserving West guards, only a max of six all-star spots. Who does not make the cut? Steph, Luca, Jaw, Dame, Booker, Fox, and Shea. I think it's Dame. I mean, Dame is not, has been the worst of that group this year. He's missed a lot of time because of so the benefit, two different injuries. The benefit
2: is, is you've got the the fan vote, this is where it could get screwed up. If there's somebody that the fans like, that's going to kick one more of those guys out, but Uh the fans will elect. I mean, I would assume uh, Luca and Steph. And then you're moving towards jaw probably. Yeah. Jaw. And then, and then your coaches figure out the rest of
1: them. Yeah. And the coaches with the improvements that the Blazers have made, they, they may lead. Dame just because of that, but Shea has. They also had love enough. Shea, it seems like. Yeah, it's it's possible that he doesn't make it in favor of Dame just because if you've made the All Star team, you are likely to make it again. Um, and it's just tough to get your first All Star berth. I could see there being like a debate between Fox and Shea, and if and if the Kings continue to win, then it may the nod may go to De'Aaron Fox. So, I don't know. I, I think it's, and then there's usually an injury that happens, and somebody yep. will get plugged in, and it'll almost always be Shay. for sure. So, I don't know. We'll wait and see. It's still pretty. It's still a little early to to discuss that. But if it were me, I'd be cutting Dame out of that group, and everybody else stays in, as far as like the way the guys have played this season. Uh. Okay, this might be the most important question that we've had in a long time. At Will G. Galbreath, Braith? Braith? Braith. Uh, he says, I feel like now is the perfect time to ask, has Poku reached guy status? He's played 15 games this season. As we mentioned earlier, 10 points, 5 boards, 1.7 assists, 1.9 blocks. 50, 40, 50 shooting splits. Is he a guy?
2: You've gotten far (sighs) too liberal with guy status. It's a problem.
1: Yeah, I haven't uh, haven't declared anyone a guy this season yet.
2: But there's guys that have an existing guy status from previous conversations. Or does it reset every year?
1: Uh, it doesn't reset. You know, Deontay Burton, who I think is playing in the G League now, still has guy status playing in the G League.
2: <laughs> Josh, yes, Poku's Josh, a guy. Come on, man.
1: I think he is. I think it's time to to declare guy status for Poku. He done. He has done enough this season through 15 games, and maybe that just sounds dumb. Maybe that's dumb. I don't know. I've said a lot of dumb things in my life. And that might, be, that might be my next one, but I don't think so. I think Poku's really developed. I think, I think he deserves guy status. Let's go, Poku. Congratulations. You finally made it to uh, you know something on a Niche Thunder podcast about something that doesn't quite make a lot of sense to most people. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, let's see. Ben Elephant King wants to know, who's in charge of the kiss cam, and why do they hate having a superstar in OKC? Did you see this? No. So Shay's girlfriend was put on the kiss cam next to, I don't know if it was a friend or like her brother or something. And they kept going back to her over and over again. And she felt very embarrassed. And it was very weird. Um, Yeah. Just totally awkward times in Oklahoma City. I guess you got to alert the, the cameramen who our superstars' girlfriends are. But... I see her all the time. Oh all yeah, all the time. Where? By at? That I mean twice. Just like, just like
2: around. <laughs> yeah. So she, I told you all that story. Is I saw her one time walking uh, her little puppy dog mm-hmm. over here. So we, I, where we live has this huge track, and yeah. so a lot. I mean, it's packed. And so I saw her there one time when the dog was a puppy, and then I, the other day I'm pulling up. I don't even know who to notice who it is, but you start putting two together. Where I'm like, okay she's got Canada basketball gear on and she's got a dog that looks just like the dog. that was a puppy and now is a puppy, but I guess they live close enough by me to where they can come and like they walk the track by my house all the time. So anyway. Yeah. So if I was the cameraman, there would
1: be no mistake. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. The, uh, when you keep going back to people on the kiss cam where it's like two people that obviously don't want to kiss and you're like, kiss do it. It's weird. It's weird. The the Too much. Yeah. You know, for as much as the organization doesn't want to do cool things like the beam, <laughs> as much as they want to force people, people to kiss that don't want to kiss to kiss, like that's, that's too much. Okay. If they say no the first time, you have yeah, to respect no it. You know, so it's like some, it was like also like teenagers that were maybe like on their first date or something when she's just like, no, I'm not going to do it. And he's just sitting there, like I would like to do it, but she doesn't want to do it. Oh! And they kept going back to him.
2: I just get so much single or secondhand embarrassment yeah. for stuff like yes,
1: that. Yes, don't do that. Don't do that. That is wrong. That's morally wrong. That's just straight up bad. <laughs> I don't. I don't get that. Uh, okay. I think that's it. I hope you guys are having a great Thanksgiving <laughs> time. I hope you guys are enjoying it. The Thunder play the Chicago Bulls in OKC. Tonight. I'll be there. Nice, nice. I don't know if I'll be there. I don't know if my kids will be well enough for me to be there. I hope I can be there. But Chicago's kind of the Bulls fun. are playing really well too, man. Yeah, the bull. The Bulls are good. This is, uh, you know, Billy Donovan's return. You know, will will he will he get a uh, something up on the jumbotron his, maybe him his jersey retired yeah well, we get his jersey i think he's i think he's has a beard at least the last time i saw him on league pass he had a beard oh no which seems weird he uh you know if i were running you know game ops i would be playing over and over again you know anytime that there's like a blunder between you know with the bulls i would have him leaning over and saying can't play Caner." Somebody just up on the jumbotron. Yeah. Like, yep.
2: Just push the button every time.
1: Yep. That's uh that's that's probably it's like a top five or maybe even top three Billy Donovan moment for him in the NBA. His can't play Canner, don't you think?
2: Yes. It might be Not number exactly one. Exactly what you want to <laughs> it might
1: be Not the exactly number one. Exactly what you
2: want to be your moment, but yes.
1: Yeah. Coaching up teams that aren't great at defense to be good at defense and then can't play canner. those are like billy donovan's two things
2: yeah the bulls the bulls last three games uh a week ago on friday so a week ago they lost to the magic by one point and then yeah, monday brutal. and wednesday beat the celtics by 13 and the bucks by five so who knows what they're
1: definitely losing tonight in oklahoma city is what it's you heard means. it here That's what this means. All right. You guys have a great weekend. We'll be back with another episode for you guys on Monday. We'll talk to you guys then.